Experience God's encounter with Pastor George Izunwa as he takes you through the Word of God. We believe that the Gospel is good news and that God's principle empowers men to fulfill their destiny. For more inquiries, call 0702-5950 or 0702-5951. Jesus exceeds expectation. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus said, from the beginning of time, nobody has arisen greater than John the Baptist. Matthew 11 verse 11. He said, but the least in the kingdom is higher than him. And it says, from the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent to take it by force. Are you with me? And we say that existence is a matter of birth, but greatness is an issue of rising. So if you don't rise, you don't become something. Amen? And we say that people can be born at the same level. But they don't necessarily end at the same level. People can come from the same background. And one breaks out. One is confused. The motivational speaker they call Les Brown was giving a story sometime back about himself and his family. His mother abandoned him and his brother. Just one morning till today, he doesn't know who his mother is. They just, himself and the brother, the mother just packed them into a small thing and went to an old abandoned building and just dumped them there and disappeared. And they've never seen her. And a woman who was a cleaner somewhere saw her, them and picked them up. And she, because she was, didn't have a child, she went to the government, allowed, them to adopt, they allowed her to adopt them, and she raised them up. Now, she raised them up with a little she could. So these two boys, abandoned by their mother, raised up by the same woman, from a very abjectly poor background, they have grown up. Les Brown is a multi-millionaire, an international motivational speaker, even though he never went to university. He speaks for presidents in the U.S. He speaks for companies. He, he never went to university. But he developed himself. His brother, raised by the same woman, now, Liz Brown was born with a mental kind of uh, deficiency. The brother was born okay. But today, the brother is a drug addict. The brother is poor. Liz Brown is helping to take care of the brother. And the brother attributes his failure to his background. He attributes why he couldn't become anybody to the fact that nobody trained him, that his family was poor, and all of that. The same parent raised both of you. You were even more intelligent. Your brain was okay. This guy was deficient, yet he became something. So, it's not where you are born. It's how you make up your mind to rise. Can you lift up your hand and say, I won't die small. And so, Jesus tells us in that Matthew chapter 11 verse 12, he said it takes violent faith to rise. It takes violent faith to break out of smallness. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom suffers violence and the violent will take it by force. Can I tell you something? I won't die small. There are just three factors I'm going to deal with that will help our rise to greatness. And I'm going to use three men in the Bible to use to highlight them. The first key 
I want to deal with that will drive you to greatness is destiny passion. Destiny passion. People that rise to greatness are people that have a sense of urgency about their destiny. A sense that, wow, I won't allow life to pass me by. One of the greatest deceptions of the devil concerning destiny is making you believe there is still time. And as long as you believe you still have time, you still have time, you'll be whiling away time until you miss your mark. You know, when we are children, uh, or younger than this, they told us a story when we were in secondary school. And that story stuck in my head. It was a message somebody was preaching, I think, see you or something, and used the illustration. But it stayed with me. The person said the man had a vision. In that vision, he saw a meeting going on in hell. And Satan was talking to the demons and said, how do we make people go to hell? Oh, one demon got up and said, no, let's tell them there is no God. And just convince them with uh, education and all that, that God is, there's nothing like God. Satan said, that's, that's, that, that will work for a few foolish people. But even anybody that he has a little brain knows that there is God. Are you hearing me? Another person came and said, let's tell them that Jesus didn't rise from the dead. <laughs> Satan said, that's a historical fact. Only a foolish man doubts what is a historically a fact. He said, no, that one will not work. This one will come up and make a suggestion. This one will come up and make a suggestion. Satan said, no, no, no. It can work for a few persons, but we want something that can deceive the whole world. One idea that can turn anything around. Any one of you that brings that idea, I will elevate him. One junior devil raised his hand. He said, there's an idea in my head. The devil said, what is it? He said, let's go and tell them that there is God. Let's tell them that Jesus is the son of God and he died for them. Let's tell them to be Christians. Let them just go to church. But let's tell them to take it easy because there is time. And while they're still taking it easy, we kill them. Satan said, you are the one that we go. Let's tell them everything is okay. The Bible is true. God is God. Jesus is the son of God. Just go and be a Christian. Worship in church. Just keep going. Keep going. But let's tell them, take it easy. Don't run too deep. There is time. You can repent tomorrow. You can do this. The moment they are settled, bam, we take them away. And there are some of you that that has caught already. That demonic plan is holding you captive. You know everything in the Bible. But you are still believing that there is still time for you to change. Destiny consciousness. That is one thing that can mess you up in your, in your career. If you don't have a sense of destiny. You don't know that tomorrow is just here. Tomorrow begins today. And your life needs to make a meaning immediately. Go with me to John chapter 5. The first person we are using for illustration is the man called John that Jesus spoke about. John chapter 5 from verse 35. John 5 verse 35. Look at how Jesus described this guy. John 5 35. It says about John, he was a burning and a shining light. And he were willing for a season to rejoice in his light. He said John was a burning and a shining light. How did he become a burning and a shining light? Look at Matthew chapter 3. 
Matthew chapter 3. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse 3. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Verse 4. And the same John had his garment of camel's hair and a leaden girdle about his loins and his meat was locust and white honey. Verse 5. And then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan. Now, John was a kind of radical preacher. He came in had only one sermon. Can you imagine that? He had only one sermon. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's the message is over. But Jesus described him as a burning and a shining light. And the Bible said the whole city of Jerusalem, of Judea, and the regions round about went to him. Now, hear this. John was in the wilderness People left the temple in Jerusalem and went to worship with John in the wilderness. Why did they follow him? What was different about John? What made his life a burning and a shining light? This guy was conscious of what he came for. You know, when the Jews, the Pharisees came to him and they asked him a question. He said, are you the Messiah? He said, I'm not the Messiah. They said, are you one of these great prophets? He said, no. Who are you? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the word of the Lord. I am the voice. This is my assignment. I came to prepare the way of the Lord. He knew who he was. Listen, when you talk about destiny consciousness, let me just tell you three things about it or destiny passion. Let me show you three things. Number one, People that have destiny passion, they locate and commit their lives to their assignment. They locate their assignment in life and commit their lives to their assignment. They decide what they want to do and decide to pursue it. I mean, I say people that have a destiny passion, they decide where they want to go in life. They decide who they are in life. They decide what they came to do in life and then commit themselves to pursuing it. They are passionate about it. They keep their eye focused on their goal and they keep going. They, they wanted to make him what he was not. He said, no, 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 no. I know where, who I am. I know where I'm going to. Now you are sitting here now. Where are you going to? Where are you going to? A young lady came to me and said, Pastor, uh, uh, I don't understand my courtship. I said, how long have you been cutting? He said, uh, this is seven years now. I said, okay. Are you still sure that this young man wants to marry you? Uh, he said, he says so. I said, go and bring him. I brought him. I said, are you, what is going on that you have been cutting for seven years and you can't cut the thing? I said, for seven years you've been cutting this thing and the thing is not down. What is your problem? He said, long story, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. I said, can you fix a wedding date now? 
And let's start walking toward that. Is there another story of uh, this? And I say, can you fix a wedding date now? Even if it's December 31st, fix it now. Let's know we have a date we are walking toward. Is that another story? I say, can you fix a wedding date now? I don't care what your mother thinks. I don't care how bad your business is. I don't care how sad situations around you are. I don't care whether they are retrenching people in your office. Can you fix a wedding date now? Eric Marod again. As he walked out, I asked the lady, has this young man been sleeping with you? He said, yes. I said, I'm sorry for you. He has been having free sex for seven years. He has no plan under heaven of marrying you. It's just playing on your intelligence. Listen to me. When people know where they are going to, they pursue it with a passion. You can't have a courtship without a wedding date. That's nonsense. And I'm following you up and down for two years. And we just keep encouraging ourselves. Things go better. Better where? What, what, what do you mean? Hey, one day I'm going to buy land. Set a target date. One day I'm going to start building, set a target date. One day I'm going to open a business, set a target date. What do you want to begin? Set a date and begin to work toward that. God is a destiny conscious God. And you should be a destiny conscious person. Second thing about destiny conscious people. They live a simple, undistracted life. John the Baptist, the Bible says he was, he was clothed with a simple garment. And he was eating locusts and white honey. Now, it doesn't mean that eating well is bad. It doesn't mean that dressing well is bad. No, what we are emphasizing is not the dressing. Because I don't want you to wear camel's hair coming to church. What I'm talking about is not the dressing. What I'm talking about is the simplicity of his conduct that guarded his pattern. If he wanted to look like the priests out there, he knows how the priests dress. He knows the priests will wear one cloth. Put another on top. Put an effort on top. So every time you see a priest is wearing three clothes in one time. And had a big garment over there. And had tassels on, his, uh, on, the, on the borders of his garments. And bells all around him. And when the priest moves, it's like a whole sound is moving. But John said, let's take it simple. Let's do this easy. You see a young man that wants to get married. He wants to start a new business. He wants to do. He, he, he wants to start things big, big. You're a beginner. All the money in the world you have is three hundred thousand. You want to do a Saturday wedding? Gather your whole village. Are you not foolish? Wear your jeans and t-shirt. Let your wife wear jeans and t-shirt. Come to the office on a Wednesday morning. We put ring in your hands. Bless both of you. Go and start your home. Simplicity will come. We make your destiny shine out. Keep your money in your pocket and use it to buy bed. What's your problem? Now, I will say that in church. You will clap and in church. And the foolishness of the brainwashing they did for you since you were small. We still kick in again. And you still do the rubbish thing. Every wedding is the same pattern. Every wedding is the same atmosphere. There is nothing added to it. And yet, you will go out now and you make a new gown for 40000 A new gown. You are going to wear it just once and it's gone. You will buy a shoe you will never wear again all your life. 
The men, their own is different. They wear a suit and they can wear it tomorrow. And then you come here and you are marching like wedge. What is your problem? What is your problem? What is your problem? Simplicity. You want a destiny? Be simple. Sometimes you need to give up in order to go up. You need to drop some baggages in life. You need to do that. Listen. When you get to a certain point in life, I can tell you from personal experience, you will have so many things you didn't pay for. And you won't owe anybody an explanation for them. You have things you didn't pay for. You have things coming to your hand. Because you have gotten to a point in life where life is giving back to you. When you are just starting, it doesn't work that way. Relax. Why? Because when God turns the light on you, he compares people to honor you. Today, let your own turn around begin. Let your own turn around begin. You need to understand this. A lot of people, they just struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle. Who are you trying to impress? Who actually notices you? Do you really think you are that important? Because people don't get too busy trying to hear something about the other person unless they are personally connected. Lift up your hand. I release the grace on you to go higher. I release the grace on you to walk in your destiny. I release the grace on you to break your borders. That's why Jesus said, it's an easier thing for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom. Some people don't understand that message. Jesus was talking about rich people going to hell and all of those kind of things. Made a comment and Peter said, wow. If the case of the man, what, 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 I mean, what is our hope? Because Peter wanted to be rich. Am I talking to somebody here? Then Jesus made a comment. Let me explain. The eye of the needle is a very simple thing. The eye of the needle is a gate, a physical gate on the wall of Jerusalem. There's a gate on the wall they call the eye of the needle. It's the smallest gate of all the gates of Jerusalem. When people go outside to go and do their business, by the time it is evening, they close all the gates of Jerusalem. The only gate they leave for people that return after the closing of the gates is that small gate they call the eye of the needle. And that gate, you cannot ride on a horse or a camel and pass through it. So when a man comes by that gate, by that something, he had to come down from his camel, unload the camel, and the camel will kneel down, and they will push him under, then you begin to bring the goods inside, and then you come through. Are you with me? So if you return late from your business as a rich man, no matter how rich you are, you must come down. That's what Jesus was emphasizing. Now some of you here, you want to enter into greatness. Some of you need to come down. Some of you need to unload your camel and pass through the small gate into your destiny. Lift up your hand. This year, you will enter into greatness. So when you have a destiny consciousness, you are ready to live a simple, undistracted life. You just trust God and keep pursuing what you are pursuing. And finally, you manifest audacious faith. Somebody say faith. The Bible said this whole city came to him. He believed for the whole city to come. And the whole city came. 
He trusted God for great things to happen. And great things began to happen. Friends, hear me. You may be starting small now. But better is the end of a thing than the beginning. And he said, though your beginning was small, your latter end will greatly increase. Believe for something great. Believe that your business that you started by the roadside will soon become a multi-million business. Now, you, you got to realize that God wants to take you higher. Are you going higher? Believe for it. Begin to manifest supernatural thinking. Natural thinking is when you think based on situations. Positive thinking is when you think based on hope. But supernatural thinking is when you think based on the promises of God. And he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all, that we can ask or think according to the power that is at work in us. Manifest supernatural thinking. Don't think naturally. You look at situation and you condition your mind towards situation. You will die where you are. Some people, they just do positive thinking and confession. They're just thinking based on hope. Hope that's not connected to anything. It is well, it is well, it is well. But let's move from there and enter supernatural thinking. Begin to think the thoughts of God. It's I know the thoughts I think toward you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. Not, a, not, not, not an end you don't expect. The end you expect. If you don't expect it, you can't receive it. An expected end. That's what he will give you. Now, what end are you expecting? The year is still young. I know you think the year is over. But the year is still young. What end are you expecting? What do you want to see in your bank account? What house do you want to be living in? Are you still going to be trekking? 31st December, are you still going to be caught running around and saying, I don't have somebody to marry me? 31st December, what do you want to see? Have a mind on your expected end and position your heart to achieve it. God is able. If God is able, then we need to trust him. If God is able, then we need to give him a God-sized problem to solve. If God is God, then let's not give him the problem you give to your father. Let's give him a problem we give to God. Let's believe him like we're believing a God. Lift up your two hands. Before this month is over, you will see a return. God is able. If you started a new business, you started a new relationship, there's something you want to dedicate to God now, and you want it to finish great. I want to lift up your two hands and tell him about it. In today's fast-paced world, we all need contacts and mentors on social media for inspiration, motivation, and more. You can connect with Pastor George Izunwa on all his social media handles. Follow him on Facebook at Pastor George Izunwa, Instagram and Twitter at George Izunwa. Connect and let's take the journey of greatness together.